News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sikoler and the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour as we move uh, into uh, fall. With us today, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck anytime on his uh, direct phone at 499-6360. Does a great job on closings, wills, and so many other things. Also here, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They hire vets. Their phone number is 844-411-TEAM. Thank you guys for being here. My son, Greg, continues his day off. You can reach me, Bob Sokoler, anytime. If you are looking to sell your home, listen, we, that's what we specialize in, and you can reach me at 376-5483. Uh, also, we have 10 agents uh, who are ready to help you find your next home, and you can reach us at the same number to get a hold of them, 376-5483. All right, let's get to some of the questions. We're working in a COVID environment, and it continues to stay that way, unfortunately, which means we're recording this on Zoom, putting it up to YouTube. You can see this as a rebroadcast by going to louisvilleanswers.com. But we'll take your emails, your questions via email, and then we'll put them up on the show. Here we go. This one's coming in for Chuck. And Bill was at his condo association meeting where a future condo assessment of $1,000 per resident for a roof to be replaced was being talked about and might be assessed in a year. So these are some key details, Chuck, that it seems like we've had something like this fairly soon, a recent. If Bill sells his condo in the next two or three months, is he required to disclose that possible assessment? Possible assessments are one thing. Uh, I'm on a board of an HOA, constantly talking about things we might do. Um, there's nothing to disclose until something is done. If um, if that's a uh, a bill that uh, or assessment that is uh, determined and is going to start and is an actual bill, then yeah, he's got to disclose it. Um, if it's a significant thing, it might be a wise idea to disclose that they're talking about it. But I, you know, in my mind, HOAs talk about things all the time. Just because we talk about what would be the cost to put, you know, gutter guards on, mm -hmm. on 20 houses doesn't mean it's actually going to get done. Uh, but when there is an assessment made so that you can do all that, well, that's definitely something you want to disclose. Now, that's also something that uh, the closing entity will typically call the HOA board about. Uh, I know every time we do a closing with an HOA, I'll call up the HOA and say, hey, guys, uh, what are the dues? Are they paid? When are they paid through? Are there any fees for transferring, uh, you know, one owner to the next? And do you have any upcoming assessments? Um, and the HOA is always happy to talk about those. So you do this with every closing. I was not aware of that. That's, yeah, that's great. That's why you do a great job, folks. That That's an example of a good attorney taking the time to do the due diligence. So good for you, Chuck. All right. Uh, so I presume once they put it in writing that there's an assessment yeah, once coming. Yeah, voted on. Yeah, that's when you yeah, have to. Once it's disclose. voted on, then you disclose yeah. it. 
Yep. Okay, Bill, that gives you your answer. Moving on. This is for both Chuck and for Brad. Sammy owns, uh, he writes in on an email, owns a multifamily home in St. Matthews that's under contract and just went through an inspection by a reputable termite company. Inspection says there are signs of previous termites and some damage, but no active termites. Keywords here. The buyer of the home wants the house to be treated for termites, even if there are no active termites. Uh, by the way, termite policy that Sammy apparently had with a local company no longer good because that company is out of business. So Sammy is looking to know what can he do in terms of refusing the termite treatment? Is he required to? So, Brad, let's start with you from an inspection standpoint. Yeah, well, from the inspection standpoint, when you, when you're doing the termite inspection, they're going to be able to typically tell whether or not there was uh, previous treatment that had been done. I mean, there's evidence of the previous treatment. Certainly, the inspectors are looking for, you know, any sort of active infestation. They're looking for any signs of live termites. Uh, so, I mean, it sounds like in this case, there, that, that I understand there was evidence of the previous treatment, but no active, no termites. active, right. No active yeah. termites, but the buyer still wants a termite treatment, which is relatively costly. Yeah. 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 What grounds do they require this on? I mean, uh, well, I would like to have a large ice cream sundae at this point, but I'm not likely to get it. You've got a new uh, report that says there's no active, uh, you know, infestation, then that's the same as you don't need anything done. I, I don't, I, no, I, I, I don't get yeah. why they would think. I don't know yeah. either. I don't know, but yeah. it's an unless it's, yeah. yeah, unless they're trying to pick up a new warranty. And I know that the, yeah. I would imagine that the new termite company is going to want to do their own in, inspection treatment yeah. if necessary before they pick up. Uh, the warranty on because repairing damage, yeah. particularly if there's any existing damage, you know, can be very expensive. So, I mean, I understand why they would yeah. want to. But that's also something they look at is is for damage. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so if it says there's no damage and there's no active infestation, uh, I'm betting that the company that he hired to give him that report, well, you're yeah. going to have to trust them or get right. another report. But well, I'm betting that they would be willing to put a warranty on it as well. You don't yeah. have to have treatment to get a warranty. That's right. Well, it does say that there are signs of previous termites, according to this, but no active. Yeah. But he didn't ask for repairs. Yeah. He just asked for a the treatment. Uh, treatment. So interesting. All right. So nothing to treat. Nothing to treat. Yep. All right. So let's move on. Another legal and also inspection question. Kyle owns a home that she put on the market several weeks ago. She wrote us an email asking about the disclosures. They ask if there are any tanks in the backyard and in the disclosure, she wrote no. Then remember those heavy rains uh, a week or two ago that we, we got, mm -hmm. yeah, apparently uh, an old septic tank appeared. And the reason she knew that there was an old septic tank or some big drum is because all of a sudden something washed like a branch sticking out of the tank. So she knew in the backyard there was some hole or something growing all of a sudden. She noticed this after she received the contract and inspections were done, but before this closing. So she wants to know, is she responsible for notifying the buyer and removing or filling in the big hole now that she's realized it? Chuck, let's start with you from a legal aspect. 
Okay, well, first off, I'm wondering what kind of tank are we talking about here? Uh, if she didn't, if it's a, if it's a, a gas tank or something like that, there's a whole different response than if it's a septic tank. Um, once you've discovered that an answer you've given is incorrect on the disclosure, well, it's your duty then to uh, set the record straight. Uh, but if it's a septic tank that's no longer in use, apparently, otherwise she would know there's a septic tank out there. Right. Uh, it's just something left over. Well, that seems to be a pretty simple fix. Hey, guys, there's this, that, the other. Uh, would she have to repair that? I would think so. Uh, same as if the roof caved in. Uh, it uh, seems to be a substantial uh, uh, change in in the property, uh, but if it's a gas tank or there's you know drums of some unknown whatever buried out there, well then that's a whole different issue. Then all of a sudden that in my mind would would uh, start requiring at least some environmental surveys. Uh, you got a gas tank in the backyard, you're going to darn well get a phase one. That's all there is to it. Yeah, it could be hazardous waste of some sort. During a home inspection, obviously, there's no way that a home inspector is going to see something that at the time is buried underground. There's nothing you use to to go over the land to see if there's like sonar or something, right? Whatever. No, that's that's correct. Now, we are looking for any sort of evidence, though, of vent pipes, anything that's sticking up out of the ground. Um, for Say, for instance, we've got an old oil tank at our in our church property. It's an old farm property, and there's a large oil tank. And there's a, you know, we know where it is, and we know that, you know, we can see the vent pipe. But, you know, every once in a while, you do find homes that have old oil drums um, that are outside old oil storage tanks that are buried underground. Um, so if we see any sort of evidence of it, we'll, we'll point it out, but we don't know, like to Chuck's point, we don't know exactly what was stored in there. We don't know any of the conditions. We just see that there's something sticking up above ground or there's some deformation of the ground that we don't, we don't understand. We'll just point that out for further investigation. You know, maybe in this case by an environmental engineer, you'd be able to determine really what is in the ground there. So from my standpoint, I'm going to come back to you in a second, Chuck, because you'll see where I'm going with this. So from my standpoint as a realtor, I would tell you, Kylie, to contact your realtor, uh, if you, even if you've already closed, but contact your realtor, let the realtor know what's happened. And your realtor, I would hope, would advise you to send an email to the realtor explaining what happened. And that email then goes to the buyer's agent who then puts it to the buyer. And then the decision is made what needs to be done if it means filling it in or taking care of it somehow you need to own up to this because of the next question I'm going to ask Chuck. So Chuck, let's just say Kylie covers it up or pours something in it um, or puts a piece of wood over it and covers the wood, something that disguises the problem. And then let's just say two or three years down the road, the buyers discover this, maybe they're digging something or the wood gives way and they now discover it however it might happen now what can happen to kylie or any seller who's deliberately tried to um if they can prove it uh, cover up this type of a problem from a legal standpoint okay so if it actually is a hazardous waste mm -hmm. uh the idea being if you buy a piece of property uh and it is contaminated, uh, whether you knew or not, you're just as liable for cleanup as anybody else, okay? Uh, if 
you're the person that somehow hid that to make me liable for something, well, that's a big problem. You're getting sued. Uh, also, I believe if it's an actual hazardous substance or waste that you knew about and you're covering it up, I'm betting there's all manner of federal crimes involved with that. I, and I, I think this is a really good point to, to dwell on for just one more moment in that there are a lot of sellers who have or haven't uh, in the past may have tried to cover something up that maybe they should have disclosed and maybe are not sleeping as well as they could at night. Uh, do you come back to this, Chuck? Do I, do you, as a seller say, listen, I, I, I should have disclosed this and I didn't, is there recourse or you just keep walking forward and not look back? Oh my yeah. God. I know um, I didn't. I'm just... yeah. If you know, if you're covering it up yeah. and you know what it is, um, it's, oh yeah. Should I, if I got away with a murder, should I confess to it later is what yes, you're asking. Yeah. To some level. If you're the type of person that's going to cover up an environmental issue that you know is an issue, yeah. you're not the kind of person that's going to come back later and say, Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I did this. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, at least you've got to be freely down on yourself. Or you, uh, you've found God or you, you know, yeah, you've okay, had an epiphany, okay. right? I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to. Yeah. No, I know how often God it happens. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, 11 things to do now for a weather emergency this fall or winter. With us, Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, 499-6360. Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection Services, 844-411-TEAM. You can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483. And to see reviews about us, how we do, go to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. 
Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHA is Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show. Thank you, Barbara Cochran, for your friendship and mentorship. You can see Barbara on Shark Tank once in a while. Chuck Crosby of the Crosby Law Offices continues to stay with us till the top of the hour, along with Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach Chuck over at the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. You can reach Brad over at Home Team Inspection Service at 844-411-TEAM. It's been a rough number of months, a couple of years, if you count the COVID issues, but then with earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes, are we ready for a disaster? You're not saying it's coming, but we should be prepared. That's the key. So you need to know what the risks are to, in the city that we live in. Luckily, we do have an earthquake fault, right, gentlemen? We know it runs close. Yep. There was a trembling back about 10 or so years ago, early in the morning, I remember feeling that. So things that you want to do, and feel free to chime in, one would be to turn on alerts. Make sure your smartphone alerts are switched on so you can receive wireless emergency alerts. Next, download the FEMA app, which I thought was actually an interesting. I didn't know they had an app, F-E-M-A. And for real-time alerts from the National Weather Service, along with emergency preparedness tips and the locations of emergency shelters and disaster recovery centers in your area. So do Chuck, you and Brett have FEMA app on your phone? No, I I will. I do not. I, I will after today's show, yeah. Sit down with, if you've got kids, sit down with them, create a family emergency plan using a template from the American Red Cross as a guide. So go to the American Red Cross, look up emergency plan, download it, use that as a template. Be sure your pets are included in the plan as to what would happen with the pets. You don't want uh, the pups or, or your cats or any other animal getting out and not being able to find you. Gather together neighbors to develop a strategy for the community and preparation for relief efforts. All good suggestions, I think. Also, natural disasters can destroy important documents, family photos, and other precious mementos. Get started now. Scanning and digitizing vital paperwork and items of sentimental value. Be sure to keep backups of these documents and save both in the cloud, so you can use Dropbox, which to a level is free. Take the extra copies of on a stick or hard drive and put them in a safety deposit box, but use several different locations. Make sure your insurance is up to date. I don't know how many of you got earthquake insurance. Do you, Chuck, Brad, do you have earthquake insurance? I, I had it. Yeah. Yes. And there's a shift on that that's happening. I'm not sure what we'll find a, a follow up on that. Build, uh, if you have food, water, and other supplies, you need them to last at least 72 hours, though. What happened in New Orleans and the surrounding areas with the, the hurricane, they needed a lot longer up in New York as well. They're having problems. At least 72 hours worth of food, water. And um, make sure that you have an emergency fund that's accessible. It's essential to put aside some money in the event of a crisis. Where to put it, I don't know. Whether you put it in a bank because the bank could go down or you put it in um, 
in your house, if that something happens to the house, uh, you need some sort of disaster proof safe to store it. Uh, and speaking of that, in a natural disaster, you need to prepare your home in advance. I recently was looking at a house that we're going to list in the next couple of weeks, and there is a shelter that you can buy. It fit in this guy's garage, and uh, it's not necessarily all that big, but you know how you have a, you could build a concrete shelter? Well, this thing comes in. It was about $5,000. They delivered. They set it up, and it has a steel door. So not only is it a shelter against a storm, but it's also a, a safe place to go, in the, like a safe room uh, in the event of a, a problem that occurs. And then take a home inventory. This is really important, folks. Take pictures or video. Walk through your home today or this next week of everything to, and save it also in two different places uh, because if you save, save it at home, it, the home gets it destroyed, you're out of luck. So pictures and video, that's going to help you in the event of an insurance claim that you're going to need to make. And then, of course, uh, practice self-care. When you're preparing for a disaster, your mental strength, inner kindness, and resilience can be just as important as your physical precautions. So just be prepared, and that will hopefully help you down the road. I know it's a lot to talk about, but it's something that we yeah. all need to think Bob, about. Yeah. Bob, I want to add I want to add three quick items yeah. uh, that every every homeowner needs to know. You need to know where your water shutoff is, your main water shutoff, because mm -hmm. you could have an ice maker suddenly go bad on you and flood your house. You need to know how to turn off the power to your house. Not, not all panels are just one switch. Some are split buses, so they require multiple uh, switches to be thrown. And you need to know where your natural gas shutoff is. Those are also things to add to that disaster preparedness list. You know, as you're going through that, I know electrical, I know water, but I'm not sure about the gas end yeah, of it. It's probably at the meter itself, but okay. just you need to know where where all of those shutoffs are because you're more likely to have a problem there than even you know an earthquake hitting. All right, let's let's move forward. Hopefully, that's been some good information as we move into the uh, fall and uh, and winter in 2021. This one is for you, Brad. Stella just bought a house and needs an inspection company and wants to know how can you pick a reputable company that will give the house she bought and in old Louisville a thorough going over. And she's also asking, is there a difference between inspecting a house in the Louisville area and in old Louisville? So I, I can personally attest home team does a great job, but I mean, what, what is from your perspective? Well, uh, Bob, I appreciate that. I think what you need to do is ask your friends who they know, start with referrals. Second thing is, is check out the reviews for the home inspectors. Make sure that there are reviews out there. Check their website out. And the biggest thing you can do is call their phone number because many of the inspectors are solo inspectors. They tend to be busy and you need to make sure that you can get a hold of them if you have a question later. The other thing, when you do talk to that home inspector, find out how they price their inspections out. Some of them uh, will discourage older homes by adding significant surcharges to them. You'll kind of get an idea of whether or not they want to do a whole a home in old Louisville, uh, but just ask them, you know, specific questions about the property that you're interested in. And finally, make sure that you see a copy of their written report, because the only thing a home inspector is really delivering is a written report. So make sure that you see their sample report, you're comfortable with it, it makes sense to you, because if it doesn't, then you're just throwing money away. You got to be able to use that report to help you navigate the process. 
I know you touched on this, but is there a difference between an inspector who specializes in old Louisville and the rest of Louisville? Uh, what age? I will tell you, yeah. it, it, well, I mean, like my teams, we do a tremendous amount of work on homes that are, you know, older than 100 years old. A lot of inspectors won't touch a house that was built before, you know, the 1970s, uh, just because of the complexity, because of the time that it takes to go through them. But it, usually what they'll do is they'll discourage uh inspections on older homes that they're not comfortable with by just giving a very high price or they'll just say that they're not available to do the inspection. So you can ask them, um, but it's, it's, uh, you won't find everybody willing to get into crawl spaces. You won't find everybody willing to, you know, take on a hundred year old house um, in, in uh, old Louisville. Got it. This one's for you, Chuck. Max sent us an email, and this can be scary for any home buyer. Max says he purchased a home, had it inspected, and the repairs were done. Six months now since Max says he closed on the home and moved in. Now, all of a sudden, after recent rains, there's a leak in the basement coming from behind a dryer next to the washing machine. After further investigation, it appears that there was an attempt to seal up the crack at some time, he doesn't know when, and Max says the home is only three years old and there have been uh, only one, there's only one other owner before Max purchased it. So what's the recourse at this point? And uh, can he go back on the seller? Well, it depends. I mean, if it's new, no, um, that happens. Obviously, at some point there's going to be uh, if the crack if and, the crack is new is what yeah. you're saying yeah okay yeah yeah if the crack or the leak just because there was a crack doesn't mean there's gonna be a leak yeah uh, that's the first thing to think about second thing is well would the other guy have known about it uh, maybe um, I know concrete's gonna crack and maybe that crack will leak at some point but if it didn't leak while I had it then I wouldn't know to tell you about it right mm -hmm. um, so would the previous owner knew did he know or should he have known uh, that's what you're gonna have to figure out uh, now it also he said there were some repairs done well if this was part of the repairs and it's just a bad repair job well that's another option uh, so if it's a bad repair job Give a call to the guy who did the repair and say, hey, you did a bad repair. Come out and fix it. Uh, usually they will. If not, well, then give a call to an attorney. Um, if it's something that the other person knew about and just hid and you can tell that, well, that's when you start getting a little, you know, going against the person before now. Three months after closing, you know, you've got more options than if we're talking three years after closing mm -hmm. uh but it's it's a matter of did the person know or should they have known did they hide it did they not hide it and how do you prove it is what it really comes yeah. down to i would think right exactly and that's yeah. that's that's going to be the big thing because you can't just go in and say well you know post hoc ergo propter hoc it doesn't help you out any uh you've got to actually be able to tie that person to that issue got it all right Final question. Don't, don't like my Latin there, Brad. No, well, I, that was, was I didn't realize you're slipping into Latin there. He, uh, Jack. Yeah. he got me a, a lot of these Roman uh, recipe channels lately. Oh, okay. Uh, there there you go. Go. thank you. All right. Thank you. Right. Well, we understand. Final question uh, for Brad. And we should point out whenever you do an upgrade in a home, like in a kitchen or in a bathroom, you're supposed to bring it up to code. I know Brad doesn't like talking code, but you're supposed to bring it yep. up to the current state of uh, and to give you an example, 
in a kitchen where you do or a bathroom, you do an upgrade. Let's uh, replace the kitchen. You and it's an older home. You need to put in GFCI. Those are ground fault interrupter switches or receptacles where within six feet, right, of a water source. Yes, right? yeah, that's correct. So Sal's writing in, and he says, uh, in the home he's about to sell, he recently upgraded the countertops in the kitchen. Does that constitute as an upgrade, and does that mean he has to install GFCI outlets by the sink? So my understanding is an upgrade is anything that a permit has to be pulled uh, in ah. order to do. So uh, replacement of countertops wouldn't have anything to do with uh, with with a permit. So if he's not changing the electrical, if he's not changing the plumbing, then I don't think that that's going to fall under the uh, the guidelines for an upgrade. But that would be, you know, more for a, a code code officer there. But I, I don't think that just changing out countertops or cabinets are going to cause a a permit to be pulled. Good stuff, Brad. Very right. good. All right. We had a really good show. Yeah. Chuck, thanks for all your help, Brad, for all your help. Chuck can be reached at the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Brad Lawler um, can be reached over at Home Team Inspection Service at 844-411-TEAM. We're constantly looking for homes. We're on the hunt to find homes. Now, here's one quick thing. We sell all homes, all price range. I had someone in the $50,000 price range call me and say, hey, I listen to you. You sell a lot of $100 million homes. Do you sell in my price? I said, yeah. So we sell all, all parts of town, both Southern Indiana and Louisville. There you go. That's my plug for today. You can reach me, by the way, at 376-5483. We are out of time, folks. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAN.